0: You are Locked On Bills, your daily Buffalo Bills podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino from the Draft Network, and I'm your host of Locked On Bills. Happy Friday to you. It's the last time that we're going to talk. Before the Buffalo Bills take on the Pittsburgh Steelers in week one of the 2021 NFL season. And so here's what we have in store for you today. We'll start off with my leftover thoughts. Then we're going to talk with Dr. Kyle Trimble of banged up bills to get us up to date on the injury situation for the bills entering the game. Then I'm going to give you my predictions for Sunday, and then we're going to close out the podcast with my NFL draft prospects to watch this weekend with an eye towards the Buffalo Bills. So let's start with my leftover thoughts. And every week in this segment of the podcast on Fridays, I'm going to deliver some additional ideas that I have about the game. I'll give you some nuanced thoughts and opinions about the Bills or their opponent or a narrative that's going on regarding the team. But today I just want to take a second to reflect. I want to reflect on where we're at. Right now, Josh Allen is the top-selling jersey in the NFL since August 1st. Whenever I open content that is a season prediction type piece of content, it's pretty regular to see Josh Allen as that analyst's pick to be the NFL MVP. Whenever I consume content about predicting the NFL season, I'm seeing a lot of people predicting the Buffalo Bills to win the Super Bowl. And as my good buddy Joe Miller from the Overreaction Podcast and the Buffalo Rumblings Podcast feed puts it, we are living in wildest dreams land. We know how rare this is. Look what we've been through. The expectations for the Buffalo Bills have changed under Sean McDermott. The Bills are now among the most respected organizations in the NFL. Let's cherish this. At the end of the day, the Bills are either going to do it or they won't. They'll either win the Super Bowl this year or they won't. Football's random. There's a single elimination tournament. Games are close. Over 50% of games in the NFL are decided by one score or less. Injuries change things, and the Bills have been quite fortunate in recent years when it comes to the injury front. I don't ever buy into the idea that it's a Super Bowl or bust year. I don't think that's the case ever for any team in the NFL. But on the doorsteps of the 2021 NFL season, there is a popular belief that this could be the year that the Buffalo Bills win Super Bowl. I can't wait to talk you through this season. I'll be here no matter what happens, but as we approach the start line of the season, on the doorsteps of the 2021 NFL season, I want to just take a moment and reflect on where this team is, where it's been, and where it could go in 2021. Let's enjoy this. Let's root like hell. Let's be passionate and appreciate the possibilities that exist this season. Now, I know with these potential opportunities and expectations that come in 2021, that could come with some anxiety about squandering the opportunity. The good news, the Bills have a legit franchise quarterback. They've got an outstanding head coach in Sean McDermott. They've got an awesome general manager in Brandon Bean. This isn't a one-year opportunity. I hope it happens this year. I really do. Of course I do. I hope it happens multiple times. But keep perspective, and let's have a lot of fun rooting on the Buffalo Bills in 2021. Did you know that built Bar has so many delicious flavors? There is something for everyone. They have coconut, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, Cookies and Cream, they've got so many great flavors, and look, maybe you don't know where to start. I encourage you to try a mixed box. That's where you can get two of each of the nine flavors, try them all, and figure out which ones are your favorites. And not only are Built Bars the best tasting protein bar on the planet, they're healthy too. Check out these macros. 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories range from 130 to 180, only 4 to 5 grams of sugar, and only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. The flavors are amazing. They're all tasty, and they're all healthy. Got a deal for you. Go to BiltBart.com. Use our promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BiltBart.com. I'm joined now by Dr. Kyle Trimble. He runs BangedUpBills.com. You can follow him on Twitter, at BangedUpBills. And if you've been listening to this podcast over the last couple of years, you know that he joins us on Fridays to get us up to speed on the injury situation entering the game. If you're new this year, welcome. We're glad you're here, and I think you'll enjoy the insight that Dr. Kyle Trimble delivers to us each and every week here on the podcast. So, Kyle, welcome. It's a new year. Thanks again for uh, joining us.
0: Joe, thanks for having me back again this season. When I was listening to the podcast earlier this week, it really hit me that it was game week, so I made sure I was ready to talk with you today and uh, really looking to give you guys some good news for Sunday's contest.
1: Well, I think the most notable name on the injury report is defensive tackle Starla Tulalay, who has a calf injury, didn't practice Wednesday, and he didn't practice on Thursday. But we do need to clarify that the Bills didn't practice on Thursday. And so the report that we were given is an estimation. And so what do you know about Starla Tulalay and this calf and your, you know, your guesses to his availability on Sunday? The
0: first instance that we knew of the calf injury was when they had the open practice at the stadium on September 1st. They had said that he was not not practicing due to the calf injury. And then he's been really limited, not doing anything team-wise. And I think the most I've seen is individual stuff, but he hasn't really been out there is basically what I'm saying. So we don't know exactly when it happened, but he didn't play in the first two preseason games. He played 12 snaps in the preseason game against the Packers. I couldn't see anything on film, though calf injuries are notoriously hard to see on film, unless it's you know readily apparent. Um, we don't know much else past that. We know that he's a veteran. We know that the rest is going to be the key thing for him in order to have a chance of playing. He doesn't have a long history of soft, t- soft tissue injuries, though so he has had other injuries, but this isn't something that has come up in the past. This could be more of an acclimation injury, especially since he was getting back out there in game reps, uh, for the first time in close to two years against the Packers. So I want to see that he is at least limited on Friday for practice. And we don't know what's going to happen with that. We know last year when looking at strictly players, real questionable season, the season, and weekly participation practice, anybody that does do not participate all week did not play that week. There's two instances of that last year, um, This training staff has been in place for some time, so we start to see trends with these guys. But if they had two do not participate but practice at some point, four played and three didn't. If they had uh, finished the week with a limited or full participation after two DMPs, four played and zero didn't. Um, so the key thing is he's got to practice at some point on Friday, whether it's even limited or whether it's full for him to have a shot. And based off the numbers, there you got, um People, it's more often than not that if somebody practiced uh, that final, that final fire practice and after that practice that they did play. He is a veteran. Like I said, I don't know that they want to push him out there. And they do have Vernon Butler and Harrison Phillips available, but it's trending toward Phil or star playing. And they said that he's hopeful to go for Sunday. So yes, that was long winded. I wanted to give context to it. He's trending toward playing, but we have to see what Friday happen, what occurs Friday, and we'll see whether he goes on Sunday.
1: All right, so pay attention to the designation for star on Friday. If it's DNP, we can guess he's not going to play. If it has a limited or full designation, then I think it's good news for his availability on Sunday. Let's shift gears to wide receiver Emmanuel Sanders. He's been limited this week with a foot injury. Um, I'm not sure if we should be concerned that he's not going to play, but notable at least that Uh, You know, 34-year-old receiver has a foot uh, injury here to start the season.
0: He's been dealing with a foot injury all of training camp. He injured it back on, I believe it was August 4th. He fell down in, in a twisty motion from what I recall from reports. And he's kind of been off and on, not necessarily on an injury report since they didn't have one in the preseason, but he was just kind of noted that he's limited at times due to the foot. So at this point, the injury would be a chronic issue in that whatever has been trying to heal up has kind of healed up to a point where he might still be having some pain during activity. They might be just be trying to manage it. I don't know exactly what he did that it's considered a foot versus an ankle, but I suspect that he will play. He did look really good when he played against the Packers. So this might be something they try to manage. Hopefully this doesn't have a similar presentation to what John Brown did last year and that he had the foot injuries early on and it just kind of, Followed him all season, dealing with the knee and the ankle and just everything else with that. So I believe he's going to play Sunday, but I'm just going to watch to make sure this isn't going to be a lingering thing because then that's going to impact his practice participation and then whether that's going to impact the ability to be out in the field when he needs to be uh, during the games.
1: Now, the Bills had three more players listed on the injury report. I don't think that we're concerned about any of them not playing on Sunday, But I certainly would like to take an opportunity here to get your your thoughts and opinions on these individual situations, one of them being cornerback Taron Johnson, who has a hand injury, uh, wide receiver Isaiah McKenzie with a shoulder. We saw him in a sling uh, after he got hurt uh, in the final preseason game, if I'm not mistaken, and then defensive tackle Harrison Phillips with a knee injury. Uh, he's been a full participant all week, and obviously at the open practice, everyone said he looked really good, but uh, coming out of that game where he was injured with the knee, you know, I think there was some level of concern that it could be a, a multiple-week type deal. So what can you uh, tell us about these three players?
0: So we'll go with uh, Teron first. He's He was in that club last week. He's moved out of the club to more of a splint, and he has his fingers free. Uh, based off of what we see with the cast and the club, then the splint, it's likely that he suffered some type of fracture, like a meta, uh, metacarpal fracture. Um, just one of the longer bones in the finger. Uh, the, Brandon Bean did say he did get uh, dinged up at practice, so he might have just been hit and it just needs time to heal up. Um, I question how much of the interceptions he can get. Obviously, I don't think the Steelers will be thrown away after what he did to him last year, but we anticipate that he'll play and I think he'll still be effective. Uh, though, like you said, he was practiced in full or would have been on Thursday. Uh, Isaiah McKenzie, I suspect he had a left AC joint sprain. Uh, that unfortunately uh, does happen. He's been looking good. He's been out of the red jersey. Um, these are usually week-to-week injuries, but fortunately, he had the benefit of rehabbing more fully. He'll get a shot uh, to help nominate any pain. I don't know that he'll be fully involved in the offense just to limit some of the hits, especially if he goes over the middle in the slot, but he'll still be on special teams, and I expect him to participate fully without any hesitation. And then finally, Harrison Phillips. Injured that knee against the Bears. I thought he suspected that he suffered a PCL tear or, excuse me, a strain, I should say. A strain is a a partial tear. And those heal up very well. They heal up uh, without surgery most of the time. And it's usually a two to four week recovery. He's in week three right now and he was moving great last week at uh, practice. And he hasn't had any limitations on the practice report or uh, from what we've seen on video. So, he's been doing really good and in the event that star doesn't go Harrison's going to slide right up in there and i think he'll be just as effective especially having played last year versus star coming off of um knocking off some of the rust
1: well folks he's Dr. Kyle Trimble he runs bangedupbills.com you can follow him on twitter at bangedupbills and uh Dr. Kyle one down i'm hoping for you know like at least 19 more of these conversations with you thanks so much for joining us
0: thank you joe
1: it's that time of year again and all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL survivor contest open now at BetOnline. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 100% Welcome, bonus. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports, from football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait and take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. Bet Online, your online sports book experts. All right, it's time for my predictions for Sunday. And if you've listened to this podcast over the last couple of years, you know that I'm about to give you five different predictions. About the game. And so one of them will be my prediction as to the outcome of the game, but I try to predict other things that will happen that will help tell the story of how I think this game is going to go. And so when I say predictions, it's not just whether or not I think the Bills will win or they will lose. So let's start off with my first prediction, which is the inactive players for Sunday. So Last year, the NFL implemented a new rule that you can dress 48 players on game day as long as eight of them are offensive linemen. If you have less than eight offensive linemen active on game day, you can only dress 46 players. And so I expect that the Bills each and every week, they'll dress eight offensive linemen so they can keep 48 players active on game day. And with that in mind, you only have to have five inactive players. So let me give you the five players that I expect to be inactive on Sunday. The player that I feel best about is Tommy Doyle, offensive tackle. The Bills will have Spencer Brown behind Dawkins and Williams. You know, Ryan Bates can play tackle in a pinch. You know, Cody Ford can play tackle in a pinch. I don't think Tommy Doyle is ready I don't think he brings any value on special teams, and so he's a very obvious choice to be inactive on Sunday to me. The next player that I feel pretty good about is Boogie Basham. I think this is going to be very similar to what the Bills did in 2020 with A.J. Epinesa, where early in the season, you can expect to see Basham inactive. That'll still give them five defensive ends to rotate, which is a very deep group, but Basham is a player that I think still needs more work in terms of understanding how to beat blocks in the NFL. And I know that he offers inside outside versatility, but so does F.A. Obata. And I think that they will tap into that more with Obata and that might switch as the season moves on. But for week one, I'm predicting that Boogie Basham is inactive. The next player, I think that the bills will have a linebacker inactive. Now I'm not sure if it's going to be Tyrell Dotson Or Andre Smith. I can see it being either one of those two players, but one of them I predict will be inactive. And so I'm going with Andre Smith. And the reason for that is because Tyrell Dotson was listed higher on the depth chart based on the one that was put out on the buffalobills.com website. That's literally my only hunch. You could flip a coin. I could be convinced of either, but I know that one or the other will be inactive. And my hunch is that it's Andre Smith. The next player, DeMar Hamlin at safety. With Jaquan Johnson being healthy, I think that moves DeMar Hamlin to the inactive list. And it's, you know, his rookie season, it's week one. He needs time to develop and mature in the defense. I think the Bills have plenty of special team specific players that they won't need to dress DeMar Hamlin. And so I think that he makes the inactive list. And then the last player I think will be a defensive tackle. My lean right now is Harrison Phillips. I think they're going to want to buy one extra week with that knee, allow it to recover, and not force him back into the lineup. They have five defensive linemen, defensive tackles on the 53-man roster, in Starr, in Ed Oliver, in Justin Zimmer, in Vernon Butler, and they have Harrison Phillips. I think you can expect one defensive tackle every single week to be inactive and if Star's not ready to go, I think it'll obviously be him. But if he is ready to go, I think the odd man out this week is Phillips, who is still working back from that knee injury. Now, I know that he's practiced. I know that he's moved around fine. But when it comes to playing in a game, I think the Bills will be a little bit cautious with his situation. So my five predicted inactives for Sunday, Tommy Doyle, Boogie Basham, Andre Smith, Damar Hamlin, and Harrison Phillips. My next prediction, eight different Buffalo Bills players will have at least one reception. I think Josh Allen's going to spread the ball around. I think this is going to be the type of game where the Bills go heavy 10 personnel, they go empty quite a bit, and they throw the football a ton. The strength of the Pittsburgh team is its front seven. Why would you get into a situation where you are going to go run heavy against this defense and challenge them where they're the strongest. Where Pittsburgh has concern is in the secondary. Force them to put James Pierre on the field. Force them to put Trey Norwood on the field. Force them to figure out where Cam Sutton fits into this defense. Challenge them with all these pass catchers that you have and an MVP caliber quarterback in Josh Allen that thrives in that spread offense. So I think as a result of where the Bills are strong, where Pittsburgh's strong, where Pittsburgh's weak, and the typical game script that works for the Bills, you're going to see a lot of passing, and you're going to see the ball spread around to a lot of different receivers. So I predict eight different Bills players have at least one catch on Sunday. My next prediction, the Steelers will throw a shovel pass to a tight end. I talked about this on Wednesday during our comprehensive primer. If there's one thing I know about watching Matt Canada coached offenses, he loves the shovel pass. And he's got a player there in Eric Ebron that's perfect to throw the shovel pass to. So I think it's going to happen at least one time. Maybe it'll be the Pat Friermuth, but I think at some point in the game you will see a Pittsburgh Steelers tight end on the receiving end of a shovel pass. And just in case you don't know what a shovel pass is, It's when the quarterback just kind of flips the ball forward to a tight end or other player that's kind of working back towards the center and catches the football, and it's kind of like a delayed draw, if you will, but it's a forward pass. I mean, you've seen the Bills run this from time to time with Isaiah McKenzie, uh, but it's a staple of Matt Canada. He always calls it, and I don't think he's going to let his first NFL game pass him by without running a shovel pass to a tight end. Number four, I think that Najee Harris, the Pittsburgh Steelers running back, their first round pick, has more touches than the Bills running backs combined, including rushes from Josh Allen. So when you take into account all of Najee Harris's rushes, all of his receptions, that number will be higher than the total rushes and receptions from every Bills running back and Josh Allen rushing attempts. They picked this guy in the first round for a reason. They want to get back to running the football. They want to get back to having a running back being a big part of their offense. They were 32nd in the NFL in rush offense last year. That's not Pittsburgh Steelers football. And so I expect them to get Najee Harris going early and often. And obviously, Pittsburgh's going to want to shorten the game, right? They want to keep Josh Allen off the field. They want to run a clock-controlled offense. So you can expect a heavy dose of Najee Harris and, again, more touches than the Bills' running backs combined, including rushes from Josh Allen. My last prediction, will the Bills win or lose? Do they start 0-1 or do they start 1-0? Put me down for a Bills dub. I really have a hard time finding the game script that leads to a Pittsburgh win. They have to rely on, obviously, a clock-controlled offense which is kind of difficult when you factor their offensive line with a rookie running back. I mean, a lot of new pieces here, right? Offensive coordinators new, four new starters on the offensive line, two of which are rookies, a brand new running back, a brand new offensive system. For them to be able to stack plays and be methodical in the way that they move the football and score enough points to knock off the Bills I have a hard time seeing the path. I think that the Bills offense in terms of what they can do, spreading out the football, throwing the ball down the field, it's going to present a lot of challenges for Pittsburgh. I think the Bills can really dictate the style of game that this is going to be. Oh, by the way, Buffalo's at home. I don't see them dropping this game. Put me down for a Bills win. Let's close out the week by giving you my NFL draft prospects to watch on Saturday. And so, If you're going to watch college football on Saturday and you want some ideas on players to watch that I think are fits for the Buffalo Bills, that could be targets for the team next year in the draft, these are three players that you should pay attention to. So at 12 o'clock Eastern time, Oregon is at Ohio State, and the attraction here is Ohio State left guard Thayer Mumford. He's number 75. Again, he plays left guard. Six foot six, 320 pounds. So you know that the Bills are going to love that size and they're going to love his athletic profile. This is a guy who played left tackle over the previous two seasons for Ohio State. They kicked him inside to guard this year. And I think he's a fit to play in either spot in the NFL. I'd be perfectly fine with him as an NFL tackle. But for the Bills, they might like him at guard where I think the Bills have a need. You know, you look at, This situation, and they have not determined who their starters are between Cody Ford, John Feliciano, and Ike Bakker. And Ike Bakker is on an expiring contract, and John Feliciano could be cut after the season for a fair amount of cap savings. And so I think that the Bills could be in the market for an early investment along the interior offensive line. So Thera Munford, he's an outstanding pass blocker, and his time at left tackle was an asset to him in terms of being able to mirror pass rushers, anchor, and keep the quarterback clean. He's an outstanding pass blocker with good body control, good length, good power. He's also a good run blocker. He can get after people. He stays square. He's always under control. He's good at the second level. And so I think he's this do-everything type offensive lineman that has versatility, that has size, that has length, that has power, that has good body control, and I think can be – an immediate and long-term starter at the next level. And so if the Bills are unsettled at guard, I think Thayer Munford would be a good option, and he has a nice matchup against Oregon on Saturday. Oregon has good defensive linemen, their physical front, and it'll be a nice showcase opportunity for Munford to show what he can do at guard. At 4.30 p.m., flip your TV over to Iowa versus Iowa State and focus on Iowa center Tyler Linderbaum. He's number 65. He's 6'3", 290 pounds, and he lines up at center for the Hawkeyes. This is a player you've heard about before. This is a guy that screams Buffalo Bill. First of all, he goes to Iowa, and we've heard Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean rave about the Iowa program and the way that they work, the way that they operate, and how they prepare players for the next level. So you know that they love that. Tyler Linderbaum also has a wrestling background. Very good wrestler. You know that the Bills are going to love that. He's a converted defensive lineman. He's new to playing center. You know that they love guys that have changed positions and you know have some untapped potential. He's outstanding in terms of athleticism, and he gets after people. He's got that motor, that mean streak, that mindset that you're looking for at interior offensive line. He's also incredibly athletic, so when you talk about pin and pull, you know longer pulls, climbing to the second level, being able to slide laterally in pass protection. This is what the Bills like. Um, obviously, Mitch Morse is the center, but he was a cut candidate this past off season, and the Bills have a favorable opportunity to get out of his deal after this season. And so Linderbaum could be the Bills' long-term answer at center. It has so many traits that you know that the Bills. Absolutely love in prospects. And then the last player at seven o'clock, turn your TV on the NC State at Mississippi State game. And another offensive lineman is the attraction here, and that's left tackle Ikem Aquanu from North Carolina State. He wears number 79. He's six foot four, 320 pounds. He plays left tackle for NC State. At the next level, he'll need to be a guard. And I think he'll be a player that the Bills are really going to like. You know they love picking players from the ACC. And Iquanu is a road grader. I mean, this guy is an impressive run blocker. He moves people against their will. If you watch him on every single play, you're going to see him put people on their back time and time again. I mean, he is a killer in the run game. So that power is, is a major asset. He's a tenacious blocker. And he's tough to get through, right? Like, if you're going to try to bull rush him, you're not going anywhere. So a stout anchor, and he's got that functional strength to create movement in the run game. And so I don't think he's much of an answer at tackle, but he could be a nice option for the Bills at guard if they feel like they need to find an investment there to really change the dynamics of that interior offensive line. So I wanted to go offensive line heavy because of this unsettled guard situation, and I I'm inclined to believe that they're going to rotate these players on Sunday. You're going to see Ford, Bacher, and Feliciano at different parts of the game. And so I think that's a signal that you're unsettled and that you don't have two starters that you are no doubt about it comfortable with. And so I wanted to really bring some different guard options to the table here as I think that could be a position that the Bills look to address next year in the draft. All right, folks, that's going to do it for us here today. The hay is in the barn when it comes to preparing for the Pittsburgh Steelers, at least on the Lockdown Bills podcast. So I hope you enjoy the game. It's going to be fun, and I can't wait to talk to you again on Monday, hopefully our first victory Monday of the season. So enjoy football this weekend. Make sure that you're subscribed. Rate, review, and share the podcast. Go Bills, and I look forward to catching up with you again on Monday.